Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with Dr. Stephen Masley, author of The Brain Solution, How to Start Now at Any Age to Reverse and Prevent Insulin Resistance of the Brain, Sharpen Cognitive Function, and Avoid Memory Loss. And you can guess by the title of the book, it's all about your brain. This conversation is all about prepping and priming and fine-tuning and taking care of your brain. Specifically, honestly, when it comes to who to thunk it, exercise and diet. And I'll tell you what, this is one of those things that I am going to be doing as part of my year this year. In conjunction with taking more breaks, having more rest not being overloaded and not being stressed, getting better sleep, the sharpening of my brain, and also the increasing of my overall health of my physical, mental, spiritual self, I'm going to be leveling up my entire self this year. And one of those things has to do with my mind, sharpening it, not overtaxing it, not clouding it with improper diet food, as well as doing exercise to get it in the best place. I want to do the best creative work I can possibly do. And and the best way for me to do that is to get my brain in that zone of operating at its peak performance. So I know that you're going to find this conversation enlightening when it comes to that. And all in all, I think what you're going to find in this conversation is keys to help you keep yourself from self-sabotaging yourself. In other words, you'll be able to get out of your own way and start thinking clearly, literally, Again, so I'm excited to share with you this conversation with Dr. Stephen Masley. This week, I am super excited to welcome Dr. Stephen Masley to the show. Stephen, welcome to the show. Eric, I'm really glad to be here. I'm excited because I don't know that we've ever specifically talked about the brain and its function and importance when it comes to productivity. And the brain come to think of it, is 
the tool when it comes to being productive because that's where you think. That's where you create. That's where you remember. Although tools can help you with all those things, we're still kind of stuck with that as our main tool, right? Yeah. I mean, think about it. If your brain is like running at only 75% capacity, you're 25% more sluggish. I mean, that's really dramatic. So whatever we can do to bring someone up to 100% of their capacity makes a big difference in productivity. Yeah. I know that I, as I was reading through your book, needed to make some pretty big changes in my life. And it kind of hit home for me too, as well, because my grandfather was a research scientist and he uh, died due to complications. Gosh, this was decades ago now, uh, with Alzheimer's. So, you wow. know, to see his brilliant mind slowly kind of go away, kind of hit home for me. So, and, and so the book is called The Better Brain Solution. And then the tagline is how to start now at any age to reverse and prevent insulin resistance of the brain, sharpen cognitive function and avoid memory loss. And I think anybody listening to the show wants to reverse or start or stop all of those things as you prescribe them. Well, we had hoped so. I mean, after all, who wouldn't want a better brain that you could be sharper, quicker, more productive, and less forgetful? I would hope everybody wants that. Yeah, definitely. Well, anybody listening to this show for sure, because again, like I said, it is that tool. It is that thing where, uh, you know, over the course of the last year, I've talked with a lot of people about focus and we can talk all we want about getting rid of distractions or having more willpower and all those other things when it comes to trying to spend focused time getting work done. But if our brain's not cooperating, especially when you're talking about insulin resistance, which we should probably just dive right into, it's not going to make a whole lot of difference, right? No, it really won't help. If the if your brain is functioning at a low speed, it's like if someone turned your computer speed dramatically down and you're trying to do projects, it's going to really slow you down. And there's nothing more important than your brain speed for step one. So what is insulin resistance? Like what <clears throat> is that? And, and And I've had a little bit of education in this area because, you know, I've looked up what insulin is and different things like that when it comes to, you know, studying health and diet and that kind of thing. But it's not specifically about that per se, although it's connected for sure. It's connected. So insulin resistance is the number one cause for heart disease, memory loss, diabetes, probably cancer as well. <clears throat> Basically, insulin is the hormone that tells your cells to store energy. So when you eat carbs, whether it's really healthy carbs like green leafy veggies and blueberries, or whether it's something that gives you a sugar load like bread, flour, sugar, your, your energy comes in, your insulin pushes it into the cell and wants you to store it as energy. It's the storage hormone. Now, once you fill that up, though, what if you're not exercising hours a day? Almost none of my patients exercise hours a day. They don't have the time. And you keep eating all the, you know, the sad standard American diet that's really loaded with sugar and flour, then your cells become full. There's no more place to store energy. And here's the irony. When your cells become full of energy, um, they become insulin resistant and brain cells just shut down. It literally, insulin resistance stops you from using your brain. 
Let me give you an example. If I was to do a PET scan, like imaging of your brain and look at the energy burn that your brain cells are using to burn energy to function, if you look at someone really healthy, it'll light up like a Christmas tree. If you look at someone with insulin resistance, it's quiet. You don't see much activity. Brain cells are dysfunctional. They're not working well. And if that goes on, the brain cells start to die and literally your brain will shrink. So insulin resistance, which occurs in 50% of baby boomers and 30% of all adults, that's a lot of people. So insulin resistance actually takes our ability of us to use our brain. And over the long term is the number one cause for memory loss. If I'm hearing what you're saying correctly, so an example of this would be that post-lunch crash that somebody's come back from lunch and they ate a, you know, a bowl of pasta and yes. now they can't think straight or at all. But it's going to go on 24-7. It won't be just after that meal. They'll be in a state of insulin resistance all the time. Wow. So See, if you were healthy all the time and you had a rare overindulgence, it's not going to have that big an impact. But the majority of, but ever, but 50% of baby boomers, 30% of all adults, they're in insulin resistance 24 seven all the time. So they have constant brain dysfunction and constant decreased performance. Interesting. And it's dramatic. There, our data shows when people follow our program, we have a five step, easy to follow plan. When they follow that, their brain speed improves by an amazing 25%. And I mean, 25% is a big bump in, in productivity. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, the uh, percentage wise, that, that is huge. I, I, if I could have 25% more and I, and, and again, I'm talking to you as somebody who I know that I, um, suffer from this partially because I have the physical attributes of it, not just the mental attributes of it, which I think is one of the things a lot of people, you know, hear about insulin, insulin resistance in regards to is, well, don't eat the bad carbs and you won't be, you know, you won't store as much fat. Nobody really talks about the slowdown on your brain like you are. Right. That's, yeah. And that it's killing your brain. Not only is your brain dysfunctional, your brain is shrinking. That oh, we wow. need to give that more attention. Okay. Okay. You, you explain that. To, how is my brain shrinking? I've got to know this. Well, when your brain cells die, they literally, once the, they're dead, they just shrink and you lose that space. Oh, wow. So if someone is killing off thousands of brain cells per week, their brain is shrinking every week in an accelerated rate. Interesting. Okay, well, so I want to turn this around. I want to stop my brain from shrinking. So if I, if I start doing the five steps, my brain will start to grow again? Is that true? Yes, literally. It will grow in size. Even 80-year-olds have been shown to increase the brain processing parts of the brain, the frontal lobes, the hippocampus, the memory center, even 80-year-olds. So at any age, no matter what your starting point, no matter what your age, we can show that whether you're 30, 40, 60, 80, that we can um, improve your brain performance and improve the size of your brain. Okay. Well, so I've got to know what these five steps are. Well, the five steps are one, food, eat the right foods, avoid toxic ones, two, meet, meet, meet your key nutrient needs. Three, add activity. Activity is an incredibly important marker for brain function. Four, manage your stress. And five, um, the specific brain toxins can hurt your brain. Avoid them. And so and each of those steps is actually pretty easy. Where do you yeah. want to start? Yeah. Well, okay. So 
let's just go th- let's go through them in that order. Actually, no. What was the thing we just need to flat out avoid? Number five. Let's start there. Well, so w- there are some brain toxins out there. There's like things that raise your blood sugar and cause insulin resistance, and they have to do with packing food, like BPA lined cans. So if you eat out of cans often, only takes a couple cans a week that you're eating out of BPA lined cans, and you increase your risk of diabetes twenty percent. Mm, okay. Stop eating out of, you know, canned food that has a BPA liner. I mean, you can buy BPA free cans. It's not that hard. You might sometimes some foods you might even have to go to a health food store, but it can be done. And two is phthalates. You know, do not cook your food in plastic, like stick your food in the microwave in a plastic container. Do not put saffron, you know, these wraps over your food and heat it in the microwave. That's like, it'll melt like cheese. These, you know, these are hormone disruptors. They mess up your testosterone level, let alone that they mess up your blood sugar level. So, um, so there's one, just two things you could really avoid from food. Okay. I mean, when we think about a clear brain toxin, uh, let me start with number one would be nitrosamines. These are these nitrate chemicals they sprinkle on processed meats like deli meat, sandwich meats, pepperoni, sausage, bacon, just simple examples. They, when they sprinkle them on, they increase the shelf life of the food dramatically, and it makes more profit for the people selling them. I get that. The problem is they've already been proven to cause cancer. Nitrosamines cause cancer. That we know. That's well established. Um, but they're not illegal because, you know, smoking causes cancer, and you can still smoke. Uh, there it is. But the worst, the newest impact on nitrosamines are as they disrupt blood sugar control, insulin resistance again, and they're neurotoxic. You can actually give um, lab animals Alzheimer's disease fairly quickly by just feeding them what people would get from eating bacon every day. So, I mean, the solution there is stop eating food that has nitrosamines on them. You know, if you're going to buy, you know, avoid deli meats. And if you're going to eat bacon, make sure you get pasture-raised, organically fed, nitrosamine-free bacon. You can buy it. It's available. But we got to stop poisoning ourselves with toxins that are in food. Yeah, so that that one's pretty easy. As far, well, I won't say it's easy, but it's not impossible. It's one of those things where if you do the work, you can get rid of those things and avoid them completely. And that's good. Yeah. So then we've got four other steps. One of them, obviously, is activity, physical activity. And both aerobic activity and strength training both help. So our show, our data and many other studies have shown that when you add aerobic activity, you speed up your brain. You're actually quicker. And most people know that after workout, they feel sharper, right? Not a big surprise. But we actually see that it even increases the size of your brain and that strength training has an independent separate benefit. And when you do both, you even get more benefit. So ideally, you want to do some regular aerobic activity during the week and add a couple sessions of strength training um, per week. And that really gives you the best benefit from getting active, adding activity, uh, adding aerobic, adding strength training, put them together, and boom, your brain speed will improve. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing to see that result. So what's a minimum kind of, you know, lowest threshold where if somebody's doing nothing right now? Lowest threshold start. would be like strength training for 20 minutes twice. And for aerobic, I mean, more is better, but you can actually – Especially if you're willing to do interval training, you know, these short bursts where you're doing hard for a minute, easy a minute, hard for a minute, just a 15 to 20 minute session of interval training three times a week. 
that has as much benefit. And look at that. That's that's one hour per week. It's that's not all is one hour of time. You get as much benefit from that as you do from working out for 30 minutes, five days a week, which is more than twice as much time. So you could do your moderate, you know, workout, you know, moderate pace for 30 minutes, five days a week, or get the same benefit from like 15 to 20 minutes, three days a week. I mean, to me, that's almost a no brainer. Yeah. Three interval sessions, 20 minutes, two strength training sessions, 20 minutes each. Uh, You get a significant bump in brain performance and you'll easily make all that back time plus. And, you know, the same thing is good for your brain. It's good for your heart. It's good for your waistline. It improves your testosterone level. It boosts your energy. I mean, you'll look better. You'll look sexier. You'll feel better. I mean, it's kind of, it should be a no brainer that everybody's doing that. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, even just doing it from a pure, uh, you know, for get, getting your mind back in shape should be enough, but you get that and the bonus of physical health. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com dot com slash to do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash to do list terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed these other three steps let's walk through those now so food i mean there's like a dozen foods i give people in details in the better brain solution book on how to use them but i mean in a nutshell one, there's like three parts to it. Part one is add plant pigments, colorful plant pigments like green leafy vegetables, um, berries and cherries, dark chocolate and cocoa, green tea, coffee. Of course, coffee has to be in moderation. One or two servings a day is good for your brain. You know, more than four cups is too much. It's not. So a little moderation when it comes to coffee. But pigments from vegetables, fruit, beans, chocolate. I mean, those are really good for your brain. I mean, they clearly help us improve brain performance and brain function. The second category are fats. We don't want to be on a low fat diet if you're trying to help your brain. Your fat is, your brain is mostly fat by weight. So, and especially the long chain omega-3 fats we get from seafood. So we want like wild salmon, sardines, trout, mussels, oysters, foods like that, or to take a fish oil supplement. And if you're vegetarian, you can take a DHA seaweed supplement that works just as well. So we want fish oil and we want healthy fats like avocado, avocado oil to cook with, extra virgin olive oil and nuts. I mean, they actually did this big, huge study showing that when they put people on either extra virgin olive oil or extra nuts, their brain performance went up and they slowed cognitive memory loss. And those people on the low fat diet just got worse and worse. So I think we've just definitively shown that we don't want to be eating junk fats, but there are smart fats we should be eating. 
And the last category is spices and herbs. We definitely want more herbs and spices, things like Italian herbs or Italian herb seasoning, especially rosemary and curry spices, especially turmeric. Those really protect our brain. They lower inflammation and they're really good for our health. So we want to add more spice to our food to make it taste good. So really, those are the three key categories of foods to add. Okay, perfect. So then I'm I'm lost now. How many steps do we have left? I think we've covered three we've, or four. Well, there's food. Okay. And we've talked about activity. We talked about toxins. Now, on foods to avoid, definitely sugar and flour. Oh, Anytime yes. you, grain, you grind a grain into flour, like in bread or a cracker or a chip, it acts just like table sugar. I mean, a bowl of whole wheat flour, a bowl of white flour, a bowl of sugar, they're all the same. So we really want to get rid of sugar and flour. And then that's what really helps us get rid of insulin resistance. So nutrients, I think, would be step two. So we've covered steps one, three, and five. Okay. So nutrients would be step two. There, I mean, the key ones that our brain does not function well if we're deficient, and most Americans are deficient, would be vitamin D, um, like B12, magnesium, and fish oil. I mean, those are like critical nutrients. Our brain, you know, a good quality multi plus magnesium plus fish oil. And I would even add a probiotic because our gut is so, gut health is so important to our brain. Though there's an example of just a few things we could take that would correct the most common deficiencies we see in, you know, in the nutrient intake in America today and make a, and really help protect your brain. It's not hard. And all the dosages and details and all of that are in the Better Brain Solution book. So are there favorite recipes that you regularly rotate through that stand out to you as like the, the best, you know, flavorful as well as like brain boosting? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm a physician, as you said, I'm a physician, nutritionist, and a chef. I did a one-year chef internship at the Four Seasons, and I want food to taste fantastic. And the reason, while working as a physician and having kids and a wife, I went back and did that for a year. You know, it was like three evenings a week and every other weekend for a year because I wanted my recipes to taste better. So I've worked, there's 50 recipes in the Better Brain Solution, and my goal was to make them easy to prepare that they would nourish your brain, heart, and soul, and that your friends and family would love them, that they would be delicious, and that you'd be using oils and spices and food and protein and veggies in a way that was awesome. So I really, you know, basically cut out the sugar and flour and worked. Yeah, so I really believe you can make food that's fantastic, that doesn't take a lot of work, and it really, you know, it will taste wonderful. It's just putting the right ingredients together and it doesn't have to be that hard. So do you have any favorites that, uh, you know, you, one that you like preparing or are, breakfast, lunch, yeah. dinner, you got a preference? Um, that's a great question. You know, let's go with lunch. Cause sometimes it's like we rush through those. And so we eat, that's when we're maybe more prone. I'm to most likely something. for lunch, you know, to do something really easy. Yeah. You know, it's going to be like salad with, you know, grilled chicken or grilled steak or grilled fish or, uh, a, you know, a, a bean soup like black bean vegetables, something like it's going to be easy, but really flavorful. You know, it's it really comes down to clean protein, cage free, organically fed protein sources, not food from a feedlot that's full of pesticides and hormones. But so you have to make a decent choice. 
in the protein you buy. And, you know, so it could be, you know, it, but it can still taste great. It really comes down to how do you cook it and what seasoning and herbs do you put on it? And that's what makes the biggest difference. And, you know, so it's really, but we are, I am getting rid of the bread and the chips and the rice and the potatoes. Those are coming out and it's a lot more, actually, actually quite a bit more protein, vegetable, fruit, beans and nuts, extra virgin olive oil and like lots of Italian herbs and garlic and ginger to make things taste great. So like shrimp curries yeah. or, you know, grilled chicken, you know, that you're putting, you can even make, you know, wings, buffalo wings. You can do that and they taste fantastic. You can do it with, you know, a sauce that doesn't have to be toxic and with healthy fats. You can even have wings for dinner for that sakes. I mean, it's not that hard. You know, your side dishes, broccoli with like a smart butter lemon sauce that's got a little, you know, it's got a little citrus rind and a little olive oil and with your lemon butter sauce. So it actually tastes good and it's good for you. You know, it could be pork chops with Italian mushrooms. Um, it could be turkey tenders with Middle Eastern spices or duck with cherry sauce or a chicken curry. Or you could just take like turkey or Cornish game hen or a chicken and rub olive oil on it and put on Italian herbs. It's takes five minutes to prep it, put it in the oven, and it's ready in an hour. It can really be easy. The key is picking the right ingredients. And yeah. that's really part of the solution, this better brain solution plan. Which is cool because you've got, again, a ton of recipes inside the book, which is which is great because, you know, it takes, takes out some of the resistance uh, because – once we have some, like, you know, if we have the recipes, you know, the next step is, oh, well, uh, these are easy. I can make that. And then they can make it and then start to move forward and um, start to eat better as well as get that physical activity in. I wonder, you know, some people are going to think, well, I'm going to try just eating right or I'm going to just try uh, doing physical activity. What would you say to them? Because I, I would think the one two punch of it is going to be even more powerful, right? Well, you're really right. The synergy makes a big difference. So if you do one step, you do get some improvement, no doubt about it. But when you combine all five steps, what we found is you get synergy. It's dramatically better. In studies, you know, when they do studies and they try adding exercise, they try adding one nutrient or they try adding a couple of food groups and that's all they do. And they do the study five times. It's Sometimes it'll be effective and sometimes not. We get this controversy. But I think when you actually have people add right food, right nutrients, activity, stress management, and you put it together, the data is it's powerful. Now you see a dramatic increase in brain performance and you feel better. So like this finished trial that they just published last year, it was in Scientific America and all these fancy you know, scientific journals. They showed that when they put multiple interventions together, a Mediterranean diet, activity, stress management, the results were much better than they ever imagined. And the compliance was higher. People stuck with it. They were afraid if they asked people to do more than one thing at a time, they get poor compliance. People would find it too complicated. But people felt so much better, they stuck with it. And their compliance was higher than they ever imagined. Now, you mentioned stress management there uh, a moment ago, and I know that you mentioned that meditation is something that could be also possibly part of this mix. Now, some people, you know, they're thinking, okay, well, I can eat better. I can I can get out and move a little more, but meditation's hard for me. 
So for stress management, I would say there's three really key parts. And first, let's just, I like people having stress because it gives them purpose and challenge. I'm not against stress. Oh, yeah. The, pro- the problem is, though, if you don't proactively manage it and you feel stressed out all the time, your cortisol levels are high, you grow fat around your waistline, you lose muscle mass, you lose bone mass, your blood sugar levels go up, number one cause for heart disease and memory loss, and your the memory center of your brain literally shrinks with high cortisol levels. So that's not good. So what do we, how do we proactively manage our stress? Number one, a good workout is really a way of burning off tension as well as getting toxins out in your sweat. Number two, a good night's sleep. A lot of people skimp on sleep and they're burning the candle at both ends. That also raises cortisol and shrinks your brain. <laughs> and number three, meditation, but it doesn't have to be that long. 10 minutes a day can be have a dramatic improvement in cortisol and hormone metabolism. And they've actually showed increased productivity. I mean, in our clinic now, we actually do a, a measure called heart math. We measure heart to, heart rate, beat to beat variability. And in simple terms, we look at the connection between the heart and the brain. And when you get calm and relaxed, um, and it's a skill to do that, they've actually found that executives they're much more productive. So a lot of companies are giving people training in meditation using this heart math tool to increase the productivity of their employees. So it's becoming widespread. I think it's going widespread in executive circles that if you want to be more productive, um, it would behoove you to spend 10 minutes a day to make sure your stress is under control, you're calm and focused so you can get a lot more work done in a day's time. So one thing that we may not have mentioned is the fact that the eating better and like you mentioned, the physical activity is is a stress reliever. But the eating better means then you're going to feel better and by, you know, by proxy, have less stress or be able to, I should say, manage the stress that you have better. Well, you're right, Eric. It's all synergy. They all work together. I mean, as you get fitter, you have more energy and you sleep better because you're, if you work out, usually you have a better night's sleep. So you have more energy in the day and you feel better. And when you feel better, it's a lot easier to say, hey, I'm going to eat something healthy for lunch instead of junk. I mean, when you're totally stressed out and you feel exhausted and awful, suddenly foods that are really bad for you start sounding kind of good. Comfort food. Yeah. And when you feel fantastic and you're full of energy and you just had a nice workout, usually you don't feel like eating junk because you know you're going to feel worse after that. You're like, I feel really great right now. You're not going to want to put dirt in the gas tank and ruin your car performance. Totally. Yeah. See, and I've had that. There have been times where, and and, you know, and I'm trying to do that again now, uh, times where I've completely quit sugar and just felt amazing. And then when I've had a little bit again, I've not wanted it anymore. Well, sugar is addicting. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You can get cravings. The more you eat, the more you want. And so at some point, when you get rid of the flour and the sugar and the cravings go away, it makes it a lot easier to stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. So again, with all three of these things, with that kind of overlap within all of the the five steps, um, we've got our our fueling of our body. We've got the elimination of our toxins, our boundaries there. We've got physical activity. We've got stress management. 
But if somebody was resistant to doing any of those things and you wanted to say, well, here's, here's a way that you can kind of try it without committing too hard to it to receive some benefit and see some, what would you say to that? Well, here's the sad truth, Eric. Most people are procrastinators. I mean, let's just be realistic. They're going to procrastinate until something's broken. They're not going to want to fix it. That's normal human nature, sadly. But here's the problem with that. If you wait till you're feeling forgetful, if you're waiting till you're walking into a room and you forget why you're there, if you already have to reread passages in a book because you forgot what you just read, your brain's already shrinking. You're already, you've already shrunk your brain before you start having symptoms. And you could actually increase your brain performance by 25 to 30%. So I would say, don't wait until your brain has shrunk to deal with it. Although that would be normal tendency. Why not try this? Just 30 days. Try it for a month. Jump in. And actually by two weeks, you'd probably notice a difference. Try this for two weeks. And I would, I'm going to guess 90% of the time people, if they really try it, they're going to say, wow. I mean, here's what my patients say to me after a month. They will commonly say, I had forgotten how fantastic I could feel. I had just plain forgotten that I could feel that good, that sharp, that productive, and I'm not going back. Yeah. See, that's what I hear all the time. So my challenge is to get people to try this for a short term, even a couple weeks, ideally 30 days, and feel for themselves how much a difference this makes. Yeah. Well, and, and that's all the rage these days. People doing like, I'm going to do a whole 30. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, I'm, I'm going to move through a certain specified goal when it comes to health for a specific, you know, calendar time frame. And so this really isn't out of the realm of possibility. I've seen a lot of people who have done something like that. Now they may not be doing, you know, when a, with a whole 30, it's not necessarily, uh, extra, you know, physical activity included, but it cer certainly should be. But, uh, uh, yeah, I like that challenge. I like that idea. So I want to get more people connected to the book, The Better Brain Solution, so that they can do this. I'm committing to it. I am moving forward. This is that year where I boost my brain 25% and, by the way, lose some pounds in the process. So <laughs> let's start directing people. Where can people go to pick the, up the, the book? The book's, books, books is available wherever books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, any store, any bookstore. I mean, the book just exploded, to be honest. It just came out. Um, we've already um, – we, you know, before it came out, you know, on Amazon, it jumped to number 16 of all books being sold in the country. And it was number one in 10 categories. Wow. So, um, so I am so grateful that I'm getting a chance to make a difference for people and that this message is getting heard. So the book's out there. It's available everywhere. Um, you can order it online. You can pick it up at your local bookstore. Doesn't matter where you want to go, you'll find it. And you can, you know, read it in hard print. You can get it in audio. You can, um, listen to it in a Kindle version. All of those are available. Awesome. Okay. So the book is The Better Brain Solution. And it's been awesome talking today with Stephen Masley, Dr. Stephen Masley. I better make sure you, you earned that. You earned that doctor. So <laughs> Stephen, it's been awesome talking with you. Thanks for being here. Yeah. It's been really fun. I really appreciate it. And I, I, you know, so my biggest message is don't wait. Don't wait till you're having symptoms of memory loss. 
Uh, take steps now to have a better brain. And if you already have some of those symptoms, well, don't let it get worse and let your brain keep shrinking. Change that right now. You can, no matter what your age, no matter where your starting point, you can improve your brain function and have a better brain. Awesome. I, I totally believe that. I hope people get on board with me as we do this. And uh, thanks again for being here. Thank you. So how do you feel about your brain health right now? Are you feeling pretty good? Are you feeling cloudy? Are you feeling sluggish? However you're feeling, I know that we can always improve or start to put things in place to prevent decline. I'm looking for not just prevention. I'm looking to amp up my brain, get it in a better shape, a quicker, more nimble, less cloudy, muddle-headed, can't-think-straight kind of <laughs> a mentality. Health-wise, physically-wise, all of that. And so I know that you're going to enjoy this book. So make sure to go over to the show notes for this episode so you can grab a copy by going to beyondthetodolist.com slash 209. While you're there, if you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and share this episode with somebody you know specifically would enjoy or needs to hear it. And thanks again to you for listening, and I will see you next episode.